guys, welcome back to Recreated. So you know how we tell stories and our friends tell stories. Well, tonight, I don't think we're going to call it telling stories. And I don't think we're going <laughs> to call it giving opinions. Are we? Well, I'm sure some opinions will be yes, in be there, but we're going to speak we're as much truth con- as we can. Yes, conversation. Tonight is going to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. About a truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the topic is the topic. Like we don't have an opening per se as we're just going to jump right in. Who are you again? Oh, yeah. That's right. right. I'm Melissa. Mm, right. Yeah. And, and you are? I'm Jamie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Who are what you? Am, I'm Keith. Oh, <laughs> right. Good, Great. Good, good. Glad right. to meet you all tonight. Hey. You too. You too. Hey, let's talk about some stuff that might offend people. Does that sound <laughs> fun? Yeah. We've never right. met. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> we've never met. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> so we'll be right back with Super fun stuff to talk about We have a interesting um, podcast prepared, um, and I wanted to throw something in front of all of us before we start, because I think it's important, and that's something that I recognize with Paul, the writer of the epistles of the New Testament, and one of the things that I'm aware of, and if you're not, then... I invite you to open your Bible and read, which is a good thing, is that Paul's letters, um, maybe without exception, are all letters to encourage and correct. So that means that Paul is either in personal relationship with the different locations or individuals that he's writing to, and there's issues coming up that he's being made aware of in those communities, or in Timothy's case, Timothy's maybe having a struggle, and Paul's trying to help him walk through that. And this would mean that Paul is a man of wisdom and has a spirit of counsel and can direct people to a more mature way of handling life in the kingdom with unbelievers and believers alike. So since our topic tonight could potentially uh, be uh, lively for mm-hmm. all of us in some way, and I think it is, it's a, it's a challenging topic, um, I wanted to and I'll just you read the intro to one letter that Paul spoke and hear his heart because as much as he can be he can come off as very strong and very black and white um he always introduces himself to his reader with interesting words mm-hmm. which I'm reading this cuz I'm hoping that that will you will understand that when we speak we have the same interest as Paul. So Philippians chapter 1, he's writing to Timothy, uh, 
the Philippians, and uh, let's see, I'm going to just start in verse 2. It says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe that's where I just need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I want to say to all of you listening. Grace be to you and peace to you, because that's how we want to start the conversation. Uh, Our intentions... uh, as you may know, in an age of technology and uh, invisible communication, and I say that you can go on any social media and say whatever you want to, and you're not confronted with a person in your face. Mm-hmm. You can just speak whatever comes to your mind, if you like it or don't like it or whatever's going on. Uh, and as a result of that, miscommunication and misunderstanding happens multiple millions of times a day Mm -hmm. in all kinds of different scenarios. So our purpose, we didn't kind of imagine tonight to offend everybody. Mm -hmm. That's not our purpose. Our purpose... We were kidding, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Our purpose is to extend grace and peace by talking about a topic that uh, I think is being discussed in the midst of uh, the community here in Ohio, but I think it's, it's a bigger issue than just this particular community and most of the people that we know are associated with a particular church it's bigger than that it's it's a cultural issue in our country i believe maybe even bigger than our country so uh grace be to you and peace as you listen and join with us (laughs) as we talk Mm. so And, and it was a cultural issue before the whole pandemic it's just becoming more and more obvious, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though you don't even know what we're talking about because <laughs> we haven't said that yet. Yeah. Um, but there's one big word, right? What, what's the word that we should... There's one big word that this whole night will revolve around. I get to say the big word. Say it. As long as I don't have to define it. <laughs> define it. Priesthood. Yeah, priesthood. So where where in the Bible are we referred to? It's in First First Peter? Yeah. Well done. Yes, yes, it is. I actually have it pulled up. <gasps> oh, look at you. Now, I think it should be said before we start where this came from, because I think you in particular, Melissa, had some response, kind of not uh, reactions, I guess is the better word, when things started to uh, move with the virus and how the church was handling things. Um, where's this topic coming from from your point of view um well like how i feel about things that like the whole i'm not quite sure what you want me to what you're looking for but i'm just gonna say what i'm thinking yeah 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 um am i so well the idea of what the church is responsible for and what we're responsible for is that what you're alluding to yeah because priesthood is that very thing yeah. Is what are we responsible for as believers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are we responsible for as believers? But more importantly, first, where is this whole... And listen, there's some of you out there that heard the word priesthood and you're like, this is going to be boring. Just sit still and just keep listening and trust me. <laughs> because I think in earlier years of my life, I think, and I think I know, I think I actually might even have this verse memorized, not because I tried to, but because I've heard it so many times that it's one of those things where you hear that when you hear we're a roly, uh, a roly, a holy, holy pr- priesthood. priesthood or holy nation. Yeah. Um, is it, is it a peculiar people belonging mm-hmm. to God? Like we hear that all the time and who actually knows what it means? 
means because Keith posed that to us. He's like, so we should ask people on social media. And I'm like, well, and I didn't want to ask you guys, forgive me, because I was like, well, I don't think most people know what that means. And Keith's like, exactly. Oh, yes. I forgot about that particular question. Yes. Um, but also, Keith has mentioned the whole, you know, we are, once we are saved, we are priests, right? Yes. Priests and, well, do you go as far Kings. as saying... Okay, okay, there That's, you go. Well, let's 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 read the verse. Okay. Okay. So we all let's. are on the same page. Okay. And I from my point of view, I think what we want to make sure and say for those that do attend Freshwater, some of this conversation is coming out of Freshwater's decision to start talking about priesthood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone that, that attends Freshwater listening to this, this is not an unfamiliar topic. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the pastor and the leadership there have been discussing it. It's been part of their sermon series, series ZZZs, <laughs> since uh, what, May? Yeah, yeah. Something Has like it been that? Since May? Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, May. Yeah, it's May. <laughs> May or June. And, uh, you know, I think it's so important. The, to me, this topic is one that should be talked about all the time because I think what gets talked about all the time is faith and being saved and sin, mm. but the responsibility of walking with Jesus now is bigger than just, yeah, I believe he can do stuff for me. Mm-hmm. It's much broader than that, and you just have to read Jesus and his interactions with the disciples after his resurrection, and you kind of see what he was expecting of those disciples. And then he said, hey, disciples, make disciples like I've made you disciples so that we have a continual reproduction of people like me on the planet. Mm. That's a big big task. Mm. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It requires that we know something. So here's the verse. This is coming from Peter to the whole of Asia Minor. If you want to go and read the first verse of 1 Peter, he tells you all the different places that it's being written to and sent out to. In chapter 2, he says this in verse 9, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For me, this is a profound verse. This whole chapter is profound. Verse 5 also talks similarly. It says, You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. That's the verse. That's intense. So what do you what do you do with that? I ask somebody that has a bigger brain than me like Keith <laughs> and he tells me. Yeah, I mean so not to like derail where where you were just going, but the other reason this came up is because we're all doing church in the yard now or at home. Um, and we've even brought this up, I think, probably in prior episodes, but um, the whole 
subject of whether you're able to get in the presence of the Holy Spirit or God um, on the lawn or in your home with your kids listening to the sermon or watching it. And our belief is that we should be able to enter into the presence of the Holy Spirit anywhere, anytime. Um, that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> you know, we, we you shouldn't need to have a worship band to bring you into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, because we all love to listen to worship music, and I think a lot of our style of worship is that way. But if there is no music and there is no church building, we should still be able to enter into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think a lot of people are struggling to do that, not just in our church, but in churches all over the country and all over the world. And that's the scary thing and the sad thing. And that's why essentially why we're talking about mm-hmm. this. Um, so well put. Do you, yeah, yeah. do you think, um, well, let me ask this question. Why is that happening from your points of view? What is, what is the reason there would be a struggle to understand how to bring the presence of God into your own home? Um, Melissa, you had a good, put it nicely. You had a good word. Consumerism. Consumerism. Yeah. I think that's really well put. I think that, well, I mean, well, explain that. What is, what does that mean? Church is, has become a consumer, um, seeker focused, um, church, right? Right. It's, um, it's, I mean, it's Americanized. It's no different than a football game. It's being. It's an experience that you experience yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah. And so then you're good. You go home. You're, you know, and I, I want to see, I want to stay away f- too much from saying that it's leadership's fault because I think so much of this comes down to the individual. You know, we have to take Absolutely. responsibility. Yes. Well, how many, how many can define priesthood? Right. And not just define it, know how to do it. Right. How many of you can do that? Because you talked about that when you talk about when you're in your home and something needs prayed over, you don't, you don't have to call the Mm. pastor. The pastor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And why, why, how does someone attain to that, that kind of confidence? Knowing God. In relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay. How do you learn that? Well, part of it is, you know, disciples making disciples. So part of it is, you know, having that relationship with a person. But also there's that point where you're, I mean, I think of sanctification. And I think, you know, I think of where I was in my 20s compared to now. Praise God, I'm not what I once was, but I'm not what I'm going to be, whatever the saying is. But um, I mean, obviously we're meant to be in, community mm-hmm. but at the same <clears throat> same time until you've completely surrendered wholeheartedly and really and it's it's not just a one and done it's a continual sometimes moment by moment surrender like unless you are doing that and and like i said before this even started there's going to be a lot of rabbit trails <laughs> rabbit holes whatever Trabbit, um, trabbit hills exactly mm-hmm. um 
I, uh, we were going to have our if conference and it was canceled like the right at the beginning, like it was the right at the beginning of quarantine. And so I, I was going to speak on the idea that we, we've been group dating Jesus. Hmm. Um, the idea that we have been, um, like if you, if you watch, uh, ever have watched the, uh, thing where they date the guy, what's it called? The bachelor. The bachelor. Yeah. It's my favorite. <clears throat> it's horrendous. <laughs> But it's the whole, horrendous. I'm just kidding. The whole idea is like you, you have these group dates and then you have the one-on-one date. And the only way the, the girls get so upset if they get stuck on group dates, because you really can't get to know a person and have mm-hmm. a person get to know you unless you're one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And so even though we've had all these programs and all these things, community is great, but it, but at the same time, if you're uncomfortable being alone with Jesus, if you don't know how to do that, if you if you think it's something you have to conjure up, a feeling, mm. mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what we've done with our worship or what we've done with our mm-hmm. time. We talk about the presence of God. The presence of God is here mm-hmm. now. That mm-hmm. is not something we have to conjure up or some kind of feeling we have to to pray through. And don't get me wrong. When I was praying this morning, I'm like, Lord, I know you're here, but uh, you know, some mornings are mountaintops and some aren't, but, mm-hmm. but it, Everything in our culture is so feelings based that we've brought Eggs. the culture into our That's exactly right. Christian experience. It shouldn't be about mountaintop or valley. Right. I think we tend to we tend to couch all of our terminology experientially rather than in terms of relationship, which the Bible uses very clearly. It's constantly marriage family, marriage family, marriage family, husband, wife, father, son, mother, daughter. It's these very intimate relationships that don't go away just because I don't feel like it. Mm. You know, in a culture where you can toss relationships if you don't feel good anymore, mm. which is where our culture is, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't um, set the stage for the character it takes to be in relationship. Mm. Re- relationship doesn't isn't dependent or or independent. Well, no, it isn't dependent upon your feelings. Mm-hmm. That's why a marriage asks you to make a vow. <laughs> and what is it? What do they say in sickness or in health? They should have at the end of that vow, whether you feel like it or not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because that, in essence is what so it's true. saying. Right. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Nothing will happen at all that will ever break my vow. I don't care if I'm mad one day and sad the next. None of that's mm-hmm. going to matter. I'm committed to you. That's what the relationship with Jesus should be, which would, and you can tell me with a, if I'm wrong because you two are married and I've never been married. To be in a marriage, you have to communicate mm-hmm. whether you want to or not, mm-hmm. or you're not going to have a marriage, mm-hmm. right? Right. So how do we, how does it get broken or does it ever get communicated correctly within salvation? I, I meet Jesus, I ask him into my heart, but then there's this, t- from this is my perspective on it, there seems to be like a a miscommunication about what it looks like to communicate with a living God, spirit to spirit. Mm. Yeah. Am I wrong on that? Mm. No. Because, go ahead, you have a thought. Uh, no, was, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I just, well... <laughs> Because I'm a verbal processor, the first thing I think of is the Holy Trinity, the idea that where Larry Crabb talks about dancing with the Holy Trinity, like we're in this relationship. And 
And I don't, I don't know if it gets translated wrong because for me, I've, I mean, I've been in the church basically my whole life. So I've seen it at its, at its best. And, and there's been times, like I think of one of my favorite things is when Scott has us sing the doxology, one of my favorite things in the world, like in life. Oh, um, every cool. once in a while he has us do that. And, um, and there was one time in particular that I remember um, singing that. And it was one of those times where uh, it was kind of like, whoever, if you consider this your church, come tonight. We're going to pray over some issues that we need to pray over going forward. Um, I think it was before we moved into the new building. But we did the doxology. And I remember singing that. And I'm like, just felt like this is a glimpse of heaven. Like, this is what mm. it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't even know where I was going with that. But just to say, I think it's like any relationship though. Like I look at my relationship with the Lord and it's been a, a long one and and I, there were so many misbeliefs and so many wrong things, but praise God he had like the grace to gingerly just bust my foundation all up <laughs> so we could rebuild. So it's a relationship and I don't know how much it is the church getting it wrong because I think of that. I think of our leadership and at least for my personal church, I've never respected leadership more. I've never been more proud. I've never felt more comfortable um, because I know what it's like to be in a church where there's a leadership that's really sick and really wrong and mm. is really hurting you. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, well, let me ask you, let me ask a different kind of question. Okay. Is priesthood a topic of common conversation in your experience? No, it's a mm-hmm. word that sounds boring and you immediately want to tune out. Mm-hmm. Why, why does it sound boring? <laughs> well, me, because I have that Catholic background. And so the priest was the one that was in between you and God. And so you had to go to the priest to tell him what you did wrong so he could tell God and then tell you how many Hail Marys to do. Okay. Why did, what about you? No, it's it's never been a common. In fact, I've never heard it used as much as on this podcast when you say it. Oh yeah. And when you bring it up, it's super powerful and it's made me rethink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the way I look at priesthood is it's a it's not a theological issue. It's mm-hmm. an identity issue. Amen. And I think this is going to be. Some some are going to struggle with what I'm about to say, I and I I I can conceive of that because this is a challenging statement. I I think many of the things that Paul's writing, he's struggling with the idea that the Gentile world can't seem to step up into a just commonplace understanding within Israel about what the priest's role is in their community. From his point of view, I think he's wrestling a ton with identity. How do, how do you get born into a world with a cultural identity, meet Jesus, and then make the transfer? Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that I could spend a lot of time talking about when it comes to identity that I think is part of the problem. Um, because we're in Western, the Western world, we think foundationally from a Roman Greek mentality, uh, not necessarily a biblical one, though you, because you may be theologically accurate or have some more knowledge, maybe you would argue with me on that, and I would give you that. 
but largely our culture is not biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a national identity that's ensconced or placed within a biblical narrative. Mm-hmm. Many of us like to say we do. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that. In God we trust, right? And, yeah. and other other situations. Uh, but nobody in this country can point and say, God mandated us as a nation after his own heart. America was not built that way. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't like the crossing of the Red Sea and Mount Sinai and we got the tablets. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. not America. Uh-uh. Right. America had some strong believers help found it. It had some kind of moderate believers, and it had some maybe questionable believers mm-hmm. helping to found it who had all kinds of various methods and purposes in helping to found the country. Mm-hmm. Israel, God delivered them from another country right. entirely right. Mm-hmm. and said, this is where you're going to go, and now this is what you're going to do. Yeah. That's that's really good point. Now, put yourself in those shoes for a second. What does it look like to have been in slavery for 300 years under the control of a the greatest nation, country in the world that was totally destroyed in a matter of months hmm. at your expense, <laughs> and you're taking all of that culture that you just left... And, you know, people paint slavery in Egypt a particular way. I've heard somebody uh, paint it much different, um, almost like uh, lower middle class American life. Hmm. And hmm. and it was all they did was just work. 80, 90 hours a week, that's all they did was work. They had their little homes they went back to, hmm. and the food was decent, and mm-hmm. they had some a little bit of entertainment here and there maybe. Mm. And they go out into the desert with none of that. Now, can you imagine if everybody in America that was a Christian, the United States is totally destroyed by the beginning of 2021, and all of the Christians realize God's telling us to go to Alaska. (laughs) My husband would be so here for it. (laughs) Yeah, but listen... You get to Alaska, or let's let's make it even more more crazy. We have to go to the Sahara in Africa. We have to cross the ocean on dry land. <laughs> he parts the sea, and now you're gonna we're gonna live in Africa. But he says when we get there, this is now how you're gonna live. This is the nation I'm making. Mm. Forget what you used to be. How many of us American Christians mm. would be able to embrace that? Wow, that's a that's that's. I don't never really thought about it that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, it, I want you to worship this way now. Mm-hmm. Forget how you used to do it. Mm-hmm. I want you to do this now. Forget how you used to do it. I want you to do it this way now. Forget how you used to do it. What are you talking about? Yeah. We've always worshipped you with this kind of music. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Now, now I'm not saying that our music, like you, Jamie, I, I don't, I don't want to throw anything out. Mm-hmm. I'm only trying to kind of put us all in a place of saying, what's it look like to be redefined? Because that's what Paul's doing. When he says priesthood, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, I'm a priest. Mm-hmm. And now it's my obligation in my relationship 
It's no different than a, in a man and a woman when they get married, they're no longer single and they have to figure out what it means to be a spouse. I like this. This is good. <laughs> now, what do you do with that? How do you then approach this word priesthood? Well, you quit putting all the responsibility on your leadership of your church. That's for one. Hmm. How many leaders can, can be responsible for you and Tim's marriage? None. None. <laughs> None. How many are responsible for your kids? Oh, don't get me None. started. None. They are not. <laughs> it's not up to them to come up with the curriculum that's cool enough to make my kid want to know Jesus. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> but by conversely, it is absolutely your responsibility. Absolutely. Doesn't matter if you think you're a parent, believe that you could be a parent, or any of that. You are. Yes. Get over it. Yes. So what is a priest? <laughs> i'm back back to that i'm back to that too (laughs) because you can't answer you can't ask the question in the vacuum of intellectualism you have to ask the question in in the reality of i have to do this yeah i think we all have to take on a level of self um discipline and and um, responsibility for ourselves and our relationship with God. And so you started it by saying, how do we, I can't remember what you said, but how do we get closer to God or how do we become priests or something? Well, prayer and in the word, and that might sound cliche, but that's, those are the answers. Those are the simple, the the two first simple answers Mm -hmm. that you got. Yeah. And it's like, for those of you that either might not be a Christian or, you know, or new or whatever, wherever you're at. Um, it's like any relationship, right? It's like your relationship with your husband. Mm-hmm. It's like mine with my wife. It's like yours with your girlfriend. Um, <laughs> He's not just talking kidding. Um, He's talking to anybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> or boyfriends, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Because we have female listeners yeah, too. That's yeah, true. yeah. But um, the truth is, it's I've heard this said so many times because it's true. It's like those relationships. You're not going to get to know the person if you're never with them, if you're never talking to them, mm-hmm. if you're never doing anything with them, if you're never spending time with them. How can you get to know them? It's the same way with God. Um, it's obviously on a deeper level and a different a different level, but that's how you get to know him. And he's always there and you're going to always talk to him. And he wrote the Bible for us to be able to learn from it. Yes. Right now, a, let's let's talk about that. How hard is it to read the Bible? Well, it's two different things: yeah. reading, comprehending, understanding, gaining. Yeah, revelation. it's easy to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's simple to read the read the Bible, but it's not easy. Okay, because there's a lot of people that the first thing they will say is, "I can't read the Bible." Well, maybe you have that the wrong Bible. Get rid of the King James <laughs> and get. A different version. I don't know if it's the version. Hmm. They maybe say they maybe can't. maybe the version is intimidating, but I think it's a bigger problem than just the version. So what do you mean? Like what? I I think there's a motivation issue. Right. That's oh. what I mean. So that's where that's where I say it's simple, but it's not easy because yeah. you have to have the motivation and you have to what it oh the desire. That's what Mark said. Desire. Yeah. And that's a big word. Yeah. Mark had a good revelation on that yeah it really did 
You have to desire him. Yes. And isn't that what motivates the joining of two people in marriage? Yeah. yeah. Right. However, once you get married, and I know this is, I've heard so many men comment on this, the, the man wants to conquer something, so he he gets the thing called marriage with this other human being, and that human being is not just a trophy. That human being is complex and requires uh, a great deal of focus and investment. Mm. It's not, it just, and that's to me the same as Jesus. Jesus requires great focus and concentration and investment. Mm. You'll put it in football, you'll put it in sports, you'll put it in a business, you'll put it in travel, all these different locations. But all of a sudden, I don't want to know. I don't really want to know you. Right. I, and I, why is that? Because we all know how real he is, yeah. right? Right, right, right. So why is it? Like, why do we have these moments where he's pulled us out of something and he's more real than he's ever been and we know it? And and then a year or two later, we're like, eh, you know, so nonchalant or... Why do we ebb and flow like that so much? Because we're prone to wander. Isn't there a song that says that? And the Israelites did the same same thing. And so did the, like, I always, that's my argument. Well, but the Israelites, <laughs> and then, like, the disciples, like, they had them right there. And then Peter even denied them. And, but I I think that we're, we're fully human until the good Lord takes us home. So that doesn't go away. I mean, you, there's just no way out of that. I mean, but I will say when you talk about motivation, I just keep thinking of the Holy Spirit. Like we're not left. Like when Jesus left, he said, it's good that I leave because you have somebody coming. That, so like we are not left to our, thank God, our own devices. We're not left to looking for motivation and willpower. Like we can pray, Lord, I don't want to read and I don't want to spend time with you. Give me the desire. Like you pray his will and it will be done. So right we're never left on our own but but i guess my question is why is that a human nature thing you well, know what i mean sin, it, it fallen world but still that, why though but, but don't, still why why do we prefer the human things more than that that's what jesus was saying the the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak mm. it's a it is the human condition mm. but also don't forget that the human being is not alone on the earth the human being is in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the other things that, that Peter talks about in conjunction with priesthood is kingship. And the reason that we've also been given kingship is because you have to express that kind of um, authority in your human condition now as someone connected to heaven. You have to. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I've struggled with for a long time and struggled for myself, but also struggled as I've talked to so many different people is the the comprehension that I'm with Jesus, but the ability to comprehend that I have now been given the same authority as him right? to not only pray for somebody else, but also to, dare I say it, rule and reign in Jesus' stead mm. as a physical manifestation of his kingdom here. Mm. And that means stand up the way he did to darkness, stand up the way he did to demons and principalities and powers in the earth. 
And I'm not talking about guns and weapons and airplanes. I'm talking about authority through relationship to speak to things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't comprehend that that's even possible. You're right. A lot of us... And I think that's why we we struggle with the word priesthood. Mm. (laughs) Priesthood? Mm -hmm. Man, look at me. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. King? What? That's Prince Charles or his sons. Mm-hmm. I'm look at me. Yeah. What right. am I? And that's why we struggle. And yeah. we never even tap into identity ever because uh look at me. Well, and, and and so I'm going back again. So you so we said being in the word and prayer. Those are the two biggest things. But then there is is there something to discipling new believers? And not just leaving them hanging. Is that a responsibility of ours? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. What, what do you yeah, think? Right. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. right. Of course. I was, I, was, I was actually hoping that you'd be like, start shuffling through the Bible. Oh, and find I could it go. Somewhere. I could go all day on that. So, I don't, so that goes, comes back to leadership. And I don't think so. Well, here, okay. here's, here's why I say or that. Or is it all our responsibility? So, But I was going to keep going, and I was only going to say, like, that's that's almost a, that's a human... There's only so many people, right? There's only so many in leadership. So I guess that I wasn't going to put it all on their shoulders because I don't... I, that it's impossible. Well... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I know I, what you're going to say. You're going to say it's all of our responsibility, Absolutely. Right. That's what I agree with. And, and the reason is is because I don't I don't see I don't see anyone and except for those that have been given this gift by right. God. Yeah. I don't see anyone that is born male and female who who just automatically desires not to be married and have children. Mm. Everybody, for the most part, ninety five percent of people have a desire to be in relationship and connect and reproduce. Mm-hmm. Now, why in the world, and I'm asking this question very specifically, would God establish that kind of intimacy relationship? Uh, why would he do that? Mm-hmm. If I'm him, I'm going to do that for a multitude of different reasons. Reproduction is one of the best ones. I mean, it populates the earth, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know what it does for parents? It teaches them that you can't, it's not just about sex and having a child. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do? Man, my brother told me this. My older brother told me this a long time ago. He said, there ain't nothing like a child to teach you how selfish you are. Ah. Mm-hmm. Now, put this in the kingdom for just a second. You just led someone to Jesus, mm-hmm. and they're a brand new baby right. spiritually. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How many of you would just let a baby walk around on the street? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Right? Right. Yeah. There's so many simple comparisons. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it makes makes perfect sense yeah. when you yeah. when you start to look at it. The yeah. human the human reality is the example. It wasn't given to us just cuz it's there. I mean Jesus's parables are always pointing at the normal the yeah. Right, something to be able to, under, to understand so it better. So all of us stupid people right. <laughs> who, who don't have brains and put all this amazing <laughs> theological stuff together, 
we can get it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom and dad, they took care of me. And I'm a baby, and I, they helped me become an adult. Oh, here's a little baby who just became a Christian. That baby can't become an adult unless someone helps them. But that leads me to the whole idea of how many fat babies do we have walking around because people just then become consumers of, you know, church, teach me, pastor, tell me what to do, youth leader, take care of my kids. Like, So discipleship has to happen the right way, right? Yeah. So what comes first? Is it, do we come, be become babies because we don't understand what we are? We're babies, but then we got to grow up. <laughs> but what does grow up mean? What What do you, you, there's, you know, kids, it seems have- to me, because I've never had kids, so again, correct me. It seems to me that kids at a certain age start dreaming of what they want to be. Yeah. Who helps them to see that? The parents. Yeah. The parents see them see what they are. Let's help you start to dream. Okay, you want to go here? Let's help you get there. Right. I think we need to do that with each other as believers. Yeah, and working towards a a level of independence, right? So like I remember when Len was on, he had talked about, we were talking about um, accountability partners. And he is at a stage in his walk with God. I I don't I hate saying walk with God. His relationship with God where he doesn't do accountability with people anymore because he's at that yeah, place a, with God. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like that's like an independence that we all need to try to get to. Not that that we shouldn't ever have Right, because I still believe what Rob Reamer says is that none of us should go to 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 the grave with our own secrets. Like there should be some human being that knows us intimately yes. on the planet. You should have a man should have another man, a woman should have another woman with it, know all of their so I do believe that that's important. But I do yeah, also believe that it's not But I think when like you become a Christian, mm-hmm. you need to be surrounded, right? You right. need to be in community. You need to change your environment. You need to find people that love Jesus and then sometimes and then as you grow you're still around it but you don't need them as much you don't rely on them as much right right because you're relying more on God on God does that make sense I like I like what you're saying yes but that doesn't mean that you're not going to go through times or go where you know you need you need your church to rally around you or you need your community Mm -hmm. because we all go through you know sure But to have that foundation, that relationship with Jesus Christ, that he is yours and you are his, and that's not going to change no matter what. How many people do you talk to struggle with their own identity? How so? Just in general. Oh, dude, I I see it all the time. I do too. Are you talking about Christians? I'm talking about everybody. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. In fact, I see it blatantly written Um, in this day and age, especially in this culture. It's like, find your identity. Come to my free coaching, life coaching class. You know, I see that all the time now, especially working um, in a California-based company. Um, A lot of it is 
a lot of it is self-focused. We do, they do a lot, they do meditation every Monday. We do meditation on Monday mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't partake. I just Mm -hmm. do my own thing, but it's all focused inward and it's all about yourself. It's all about, think about your accomplishments. Think about the things you're going to do this week. Mm. Think about, you know, um, and it's, yeah, That's exactly right. Yeah. Now look at it from a cultural historical point of view. In the last hundred years, where has the country? Where did it start in 1920, and where has it arrived in 2020? What's the what's the change in the national perspective on identity? When you have a group of people who had such a clear vision for World War II, and did what they did with you know, uh, not trying to overgeneralize the ge- the attitude of that generation, but many, many, many knew they had to go where they went to fight what they fought because evil was taking over the world, and they laid down their lives for it. Mm-hmm. How did we get from that to so self-oriented that we're not even aware of another human being? Mm-hmm. Now, if you live in a culture like that, and Christians, uh, maybe the first stage of honesty is recognizing how influenced I have become by the culture. How many of us don't see anything wrong with with movies, TV, social media, on whatever level? Mm-hmm. Some, some I think, are doing well in this area, and others of us, I'll put myself in the, in the pot there, mm-hmm. aren't doing well in that area. And to say that it doesn't influence us is ridiculous. It does influence mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. It influences our perspective. It certainly robs us of our motivation for the Word of God. Oh, yeah. It certainly takes away the time we need to spend listening to Him mm-hmm. and communicating. So right there, right off the bat... If I had time and I had the mental clarity or just I didn't have the mental noise of all that verbosity coming from media. Verbosity. Wow. There's a big word. Big word. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, many, 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 many words. Oh, <gasps> I'm going to use that in a sentence. Me this too. Week. Word of the week. <laughs> yes. Dude, you're so verbosity. <laughs> I don't do that. think that's right. You're so many words, bro. <laughs> you have to say uh, how in a sentence. In a sentence. In a sentence. That's not how you use it in a sentence. Yeah, I yeah. know, but that's how I'm going to use it. <laughs> you're you're ve- you're being very verbose. <gasps> oh, well, that's Ooh. where that word comes from. Oh, yeah. I know that. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I, I use yeah. that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that amount of noise is what I'm trying to talk about distracts us. So I'm doing a book with my brother-in-laws called Celebrating Disciplines. And it's wow. 12 disciplines. And we started with meditation. This one, next one's prayer. Um, but one of the first, in the first paragraph, one of the, the, the writer says something like, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. Mm-hmm. And... I'm always so busy. And if I'm not, I find something to fill my time with. And it's usually not the Bible. How, and how, it's, are you good at being able to just sit? Can you sit for an hour and do nothing? 
No. If I do, I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know what I I've mean? I've gotten a lot better. I can do No, that I'm now. not I good at that. Just sit. That's good. But what has happened is I'm now at a point where my mornings aren't what they were because of getting kids to places. And so now I'm like, Lord, how do I, how do I connect with you when I'm not just sitting and being quiet? So now it's this new thing of I can connect with him while I'm doing other things that, you know. Right. Anyway, but you yeah, had you a can. You were You were talking about this book. No, that's all I wanted to say is hurry is a tool the devil uses yeah. to distract us. I mean, and, and I would say what are the what's changed more than anything over the last hundred years? Technology. Mm-hmm. Dude, uh, I am maybe I'm addicted to my phone. If I didn't have this phone in my hand, I might find other things to fill my time, but that would sure would free up a lot of time. Then that's one of your disciplines to work on, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. That's just learning how to not have it in your hand. Right. Takes time, takes effort, yeah. like everything else. I'm just trying to figure out how to do 50 sit-ups. That's taking a lot out of me. Dude, <laughs> I am with you. I'm just trying to like stay consistent. I'll like have these bursts of exercise and then I'm like, oh, I'm a slug. I'm worthless. I'm not doing anything. And, and, and look at that. Look at the, uh, hear, hear what that is though. I know. That's the attack on identity, which attacks my purpose, which attacks my energy. And now I'm not doing anything. That's why I keep yawning, guys, but you can't hear me. <laughs> so let me ask you, let, let me ask her, all she... of us, audience and everybody, mm-hmm. what, is, what is really happening to me when I don't want to read the Bible? I just don't want to read the Bible. I can't understand it. Hear what I'm saying. I can't understand it. I am confessing something mm. that is not true. And here's why it's not true. I am not the only one. I'm not reading the Bible by myself in a vacuum. It's what you said earlier, Melissa. I'm reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit of the living God who is the Word. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's It's not dependent only upon me to get the understanding. This, I think, is the trip-up point for so many of us, mm-hmm. is we, we assume that it comes from within this vessel, and I am so familiar with this vessel that it could never accomplish anything. It doesn't happen because of me. That's why we have a word called grace. Mm. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. What does Paul say about the Holy Spirit? You don't have need of a teacher anymore. You have the spirit of the one who is the word, who came and laid his life down. Don't you think he could talk to you? Don't you think he could energize you? Don't you think, don't you, I mean, that's what Paul's trying to say. (laughs) Right. You guys used to be of the world, but now you have the Holy Spirit of the living God that you confessed. You should have all kinds of capacity. Yes. And the first thing should be, it's not coming from me. Because I know me, all I've done. So then, then you get down to the simple question. It really comes down to: Do you want it or do you not want it? Right. Right. That's a harder question because then I got to look in the mirror. Right. Right. You could say you want it. Do you really? Do want you it? really want it? Right. I, I think you 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 called me out once on this on an episode, and it was great because 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 I was like, I can't retain anything. And you're like, well, you sure can quote Seinfeld in the <laughs> office. <laughs> and, and I mean, that was a really good point because really all I need to do is read it over and over and over and I'll retain it. Yes. And, 
Now that now the I question pro- I proved that it's possible. Yes. Right. So what's the what's the real issue there? The want to do it. The want to do it. Right. I really enjoy Seinfeld in the office. Yeah. I haven't figured out how much I enjoy the Bible yet. Right. And that's the competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you this is where we don't understand the war we're in because there will always be a Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Always. And Seinfeld, just so you know, we're not saying Seinfeld's the Antichrist. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm saying there will always be an entertainment. A distraction. Yeah, a distraction. There's a distraction. <laughs> yeah. Always. Yeah. Oh. And it can be, it can, and that's why I say uh, group dating Jesus because, let me be careful. Bible studies aren't bad. Group Bible studies aren't bad. Uh, but if, but if, mm, see. Well, no, no. I think uh, that's perfect. I think a lot of the things are healthy. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things are healthy. The church is healthy. Worship music's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, small groups or discipleship groups are healthy. But if the Bible only studies are time healthy, you are talking to Jesus is, is during those. Is during those is the issue. It's the unbalance. Yes, yes the unbalance. It's it. It's not to lay blame at the feet of all these things that are so beautifully done. Right. It's to finally shine a light on the thing that's not being done. Right. Exactly. Yes. And that's what this whole pandemic has done. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's exposed a weakness. Right. Because weakness. it is not our church's... Res- it's, it, it, so we talked about whose responsibility. It is not our leadership's responsibility to come up... Oh, I don't Say know. it. With a Bible study interesting enough for you to want to do it during quarantine. Right. No, it's not. Or to, make, or to co- come out with worship music that makes you feel a feeling. Right. Can, can I, you're, you're reminding me of something right here that I think is important. Um, do you know what the definition of church in the Bible is? Why, no, Keith, I don't. Are you going to tell us? <laughs> I am. Good. But I want to ask do. the question so we get in the frame there. Okay. The word in the Greek is, and I'm probably going to butcher it. I've heard ecclesia or ecclesia. Uh, it depends on who your teacher is and how they, how well they know Greek. Um, it all it means is the grouping a an assembly of people who are like minded. Hmm. Mm. Now, to me, when I hear that. It has less to do with the location and it has more to do with the convictions of every single person. Yes. Yeah, it didn't say anything about a building or, or a, a found or a or, um, or, or a, a denomination or yeah. or the construct of your intellectualism or your theolo- theological background it, it it only means are you like minded mm. and the greeks use this word to talk about uh armies they used it to talk about sporting events and oh. gladiators there were churches there were ecclesias all over roman and greek society because it was any assembly of people that were like-minded about a thing. Uh, Interesting. So a union today could be a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody that loves Star Trek, church. Everybody that loves Apple products. If they all get together. Cult. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> uh, technically, you could use the word church. Yes, yes, yes. If we're using the ch- the word 
today our culture has said church equals the Christian building and the people that go to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to church. We don't necessarily say I'm part of the church, which is the body of Christ, and see the people. Right. And so I bring that up to say this, our identity inside that association of people requires all of us to be unified in purpose and conviction about Mm -hmm. Jesus. Oh, see, now you're preaching. Unified (laughs) in purpose and conviction. Those are two biggies. But that's what a church is. I mean, have you ever been to the... Have you ever been to a Star Trek uh, con conference? No. Oh my goodness! Unified in purpose and conviction. You Star know, Wars conference, Comic Con. These people will dress up and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Right? Yeah, they're more committed than. Have you been to a C- Cleveland Browns game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are they unified in purpose sure, and conviction? Sure. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, and Paul, I'm, I'm in Philippians right now, and he says that a lot. He talks about being unified and like-minded and yes. again and again. And and gosh, I mean, you think about ch- actual church, and it seems like, yeah, the leadership's unified in purpose and conviction. And, and there's some, uh, and that, if that's a circle, it goes out a little bit, but it, I don't know if it's the whole, everybody that's showing up on Sunday is unified uh-uh. in purpose and conviction. No way. Yeah. Definitely not. I think the presence of God would would absolutely turn everybody's hair gray if everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. I really do. I I believe if if let's say if one day everybody at Freshwater came and they were on the exact same page with Jesus before they arrived, they were all taught everybody at Freshwater was talking to Jesus that morning in very dramatic ways, hearing him totally convicted and they all came together in that yard on one one morning. It would turn the. I mean, it would. The trees would. <laughs> they jump out of the ground. Yeah, I, I think the presence of God would be so amazing. Mm-hmm. The whole town would hear about it. Mm. That's what unity in in Jesus can accomplish. And and what you have is you have various degrees of maturity, unfortunately. And especially excitement. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's excited about Jesus the same. Right. Now, I've been in churches. I've been around assemblies of people where everybody was on the same page with excitement. It's just, it's it's so different mm. to see. It really is. And they understand purpose, mm-hmm. and they have all the same convictions. You just look at it and say, well, what's going on here that's different and then I've had conversations inside those groups, and everybody wants, in, and this is the, this is, without exception, in those kinds of places. And I've been around four or five of them in my lifetime. Without exception, every single one of those groups, every single person is on their knees, on their own, mm-hmm. without anybody pushing them. They mm-hmm. want to be in prayer, and they want to be reading the Word and studying it. And they have questions, and they're grabbing hold of it and saying, I want understanding. Right. Mm. And you get all those people together in one room, walls can't contain it. Mm -hmm. That's people like you were saying, Jamie, that the desire's there, Mm -hmm. and it's obvious. Wow. 
That's pretty cool. The thing that comes out of it is the priesthood. Because in all those people, when they're talking with Jesus, when you get to know Jesus, you know something that happens? You fall in love with people. <laughs> you do. Mm-hmm. You do. You don't have to figure out your gifts. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to figure out yourself and your destiny. You don't have to figure any of that out. I guarantee you, if you're in love with Jesus, he's going to put you right where you're supposed to be. He's going to let, He's. it's just going to come out of you. What you are, what you're supposed to be doing will be obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think our culture is doing the exact opposite. Mm. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And we just sit around constantly examining who we are, who we are, who we are. All I need to do, all I really need is the rest mm. to sit with him and let him lead. Give him the room to cook up the feast. Yeah. Yeah. The banquet table. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's really what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I want my meal now. Give me that bottle now. <laughs> <laughs> Fat baby. <laughs> I want my, where, where? I want it now, now, now. But, and he's saying, no, I, this takes time to cook. Right. And I, we kind of, something to that effect, we're talking about what it, what it might be like for our leadership who, if I can imagine, I'm sure possibly more than ever they're getting people's two cents i, I think that'd be a good that's probably a sure fair, yeah. i would say based on um, things i've read telling them <laughs> tell, telling them what they're lacking and doing or mm. tell them telling them how they should be doing things and so i i felt kind of convicted because i thought if those are the only vo- voices they're hearing and there's those of us that are hmm. um you know moved by what they're doing or an agreement with what they're doing and yet not saying that um we're doing them a disservice yes yes because i think at the end of the day what people forget i think i possibly i grew up this way but you assume the people in leadership are somehow a little less human than you, a little more holy, a little mm-hmm. better at dealing with life. Like, 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 oh yeah, like this person's going through this, but like mm-hmm. they're them, they're like in, in leadership. So like, it's not as hard for them as it is for me. I do believe if we're honest with mm-hmm. ourselves, a, a lot of people, I know better now, but if we're honest with ourselves, we think that. Oh yeah. When they're going through something, well, yeah, but if I was going through it, it would just be so much harder for me. I mean, they're. I mean, he's a pastor. He's been in ministry. None of that is true. And that's complete, if I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, BS. BS. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Complete nothing. There is, there People is, need to realize they are human There is beings. no worse assumption you can make than to say that a pastor can handle the things that are difficult have, for all of us right. to go through. They have no it's superhuman not. powers. None. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just as susceptible uh, to the ravages of demonic attack. They're mm-hmm. just as susceptible to depression, mm-hmm. questioning their motives. How about how about almost more susceptible sometimes? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, not only do they have the weight of themselves and their families, but they have the weight of a church. And yeah. they're and they're no <laughs> yeah. like they like I think of how overwhelmed I get from hearing, right. you know, prayer requests. I know. Like to be like, A lot of the so... time I'm like, I'm on the worship team, that's as far as I want to go. <laughs> right. I can't handle anymore. Right. Now, and to know that they are intimately involved in so many, you know, like you know, bleeding with people and yet oh. rejoicing with others all in the same probably hour sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, add on to that, most, I got to be careful how I say this, generally speaking, when people approach a pastor, it's from the position you're talking about, whoa. Yes. <laughs> there's so much, well, just because they, you know, they must be touching heaven. Mm. Yes. The, the, the tendency is to want to receive from them. Oh, totally. Rather than recognizing that I have everything from Jesus and I need to be hearing the Spirit to give into them. Because mm-hmm. maybe uh, what most people might not recognize is a lot of pastors aren't ever heard. Right. On a personal level because they're doing all the listening. Yes. I would be a terrible pastor. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true, That's though. so true. They, they, they are giving so much of themselves. Yeah. And we're talking about our pastors. We're talking about, you know, all of our leadership. Like, yeah. you don't see... I and mean, their spouses. And their... Oh, their And spouses. their kids. Yes. Yes. We should be praying and for And the elders. Them. And the unpaid on staff. Listen, and, if you're you listening know, to this... Like, you need to be taking treats and goodies to the to the office, and you need to be praying <laughs> <Okay>. for them <laughs> and writing them well, letters. At the, very, <laughs> at the very least, how are you? Yeah. Yes, asking them how they're no, doing. No, 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 really. How are you? Yes. Sit down. I want to know. Yes. You don't have any idea what that does for people in church leadership, mm-hmm. that someone is concerned. Right. This is the definition of priesthood right it's someone that stands between god and another human being and intercedes relates on their behalf mm-hmm. i'm concerned about you as an emissary of the living god i've been praying for you i'm right i'm i want to know you i want to know how to help you this is why I think there's a deficiency. Let's use the word we were talking about before, unbalance. Mm-hmm. It's because if if we all came in with these simple attitudes, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what does love do? Uh, Jesus talked about it. If I, if I, The second great commandment, if I love my neighbor as myself, that's a priest. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about people. Mm-hmm. That's priesthood. I get to know what that is more and more the more I talk to Jesus because he's the high priest. Mm. But then I'm constantly in situations in life to practice it. Mm-hmm. Do I care enough to actually cross the, the threshold into it? Amen. Will I do it? Will I actually sit down with my kid and have a deep conversation? And that's not to accuse anybody. Right. Some of you do a great job in that area. Some of you don't. Mm-hmm. And you need to grow in that area. Get we, all, we all have yeah that's the thing that's the sanctification it's that you're growing it's not that five years from now you look back and you're like yep i'm the same person right that's not god's plan for not anyone. at all we no. want to be want to be getting better as priests yes but that means getting getting i think more like what you're saying that that desire word is a great word mm-hmm. well done, i mark i have so much passion in my youth for the san diego chargers Interesting. Wait, is that football? Football. Okay. You did really? Yeah, our family, oh, man. Oh, we were you... Charger fans like crazy. Oh, okay. If I had that 
and then I got into mountain biking, and I was so passionate about mm. mountain biking, and I got into movies, and I was so passionate about movies. That's the same passion. Mm-hmm. Th- that's what I mean. When we've experienced supernatural things that I think all three of us have, mm-hmm. how can we push that aside for other things so easily? That's, like you said, there's a war going on. There's a, there, yeah, there's a war. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, and I think that all the time, I'm like, man, I'll sit outside, I'm like, man, I know God created this, this is amazing. Right. It's all incredible, his love, his grace, his, what he's done for me. I'm going to go watch Seinfeld. Right. I was, you know, (laughs) and it's funny how God speaks to you sometimes, like I I was reminded today, because I've been so focused on, Lord, how do, how do I get back to hearing you when I'm in the middle of doing things? I got so comfortable with just getting quiet and hearing you. But I was talking to a friend about my daughters and I was saying, like, when they're sharing their heart with me, I will stop whatever I am doing. Like my world stops to hear their heart. And as I'm saying it, you know, just expressing my, like the Lord was like. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. You just answered your question. Yeah. Like how much more, like I'm your heavenly father that loves you and not only loves you and hearing you and what's on your heart, but your daughters even more than you love hearing it. Mm. Like it was just like this, like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I think even that if we knew, if we knew, I heard a man say that this is more difficult for men. If we knew how much we were loved by the Lord, if we knew oh, the way he loved, we would, it would just, we wouldn't even. There would like, be no question. Yeah. 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 I think that's the essence of all the stuff that the Lord did for me with the black sheep. Mm. It, that first time I saw that vision, I, I, it it undid me mm-hmm. to comprehend that I'm laying in his lap freaking out. Mm-hmm. And he's just quietly going, hey, chill out. I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm just trying to love you. What? No one loves me. Mm. No, no, really, really, really. No, no, you don't know. Yeah, I do. Chill out. Calm down. (laughs) As a man, I think you're right. It's very difficult. But I think the culture breeds this. Mm -hmm. It's why we're constantly questioning our identity, because we can't fathom that we're loved because we do nothing. (laughs) Right. Which is something I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about performance. This idea that we are something because we do something Mm -hmm. is a lie from the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. We are not something because we do something. We do something because we are something. Right. And when you have it backwards, your life will be hell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You'll be striving and striving and striving, and you'll never get where you're supposed to be because where you're supposed to be is just be a human. Mm. And unfortunately, if you live in a culture that's constantly saying, we're just apes, we're just animals, Mm -hmm. our, our history is evolution, and there's no purpose, and you have, you know, why do we have suicide? It's because everybody's questioning human identity. Mm. And when you suck the very purpose of a human being, and and I'd love to say this out loud right now because I don't get a chance to very often, I don't, I I think the human being is living way below its potential. Mm. It, especially if it's convinced that its, its height is in pursuit of a career. Mm. I I was born with the ultimate purpose to relate to a God who is outside every dimension that a human can reach to in the physical realm. 
That's what my this frame is made to speak to God, mm. to be a, a what do you call it a tunnel between two dimensions. Because as soon as I get to know Him, I get the Spirit, and that tunnel is open wide, mm. and now I can talk to Him. Mm-hmm. That is the ultimate goal. How do you ever get there? Discover its purpose, its fullness, its brightness, its energy in your human life if you don't stop. Amen. Dude, I think um I think um two different dimensions. I think whether or not it's actually called two different dimensions, I think a lot of people can't don't want to believe that. Mm-hmm. That I know that. You know what I mean? I know that. And but that's what that's it is. That's the truth. It is mm-hmm. the truth. That's the whole point of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes. You've been given the Holy Spirit. He breathed life into us. It's, Adam Adam was it's, the first being that could be human and talk to God. It's not just in the Bible. You know what I mean? It's, it's not. real. It's real. And and when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you know it. Yes. Like you know it. You've never experienced anything like it. Um Yeah, when you do stuff that, that you can't do, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that the Holy Spirit's real. Yeah. That's my favorite. Is when I the way I am in certain areas of my life, there's no other explanation because I've gone the route of the self-help books and all the other, like, but it was God, you know, there's no other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes all the difference. It is. I think that in some ways, you know what this is, this is like an encouragement for all of us to live up to our true human potential, which mm-hmm. is to be a, be that priest yeah and i think that you can tell by what we've said tonight that we all struggle right absolutely i I mean yeah yeah yeah. so like you said it's an encouragement for you for us um you know i yeah it go ahead and well and i just i'm thinking about the parent out there tonight i know i got sassy about the idea that it's um our youth leaders responsibility to teach your kid the bible um I go back to when my girls were smaller and they'll tell you now when we had devotional time <laughs> at night often. I mean, I remember I, I have various memories. One, one of my warmest, fuzziest was I thought we'd go through the Old Testament. Then we got to the part about circumcision and I thought I'm going to read it all like this is the Bible. It's the Bible. And I kind of gave them some sort of whatever of what it was but they were all you know elementary school age i find out years later that my seven enneagram seven middle daughter um had asked the next day i had bible study with my gal pals and their kids and she'd asked one of the little boys on the slide if he was (laughs) circumcised (laughs) anyway all that to say most of the time when we were doing our devotional time at night um the way you tell these stories just (laughs) It's just so nuggets nonchalant. out there, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, it was me being like, "Pay attention, listen." Right. Or my favorite with my Lucy, my youngest. Whenever I asked her a question about the story I just said, the answer was always God and Jesus. Mm. God and Jesus, like that's. And I'm like, you know what? That's pretty much. I mean, that's a standard. You could say that about everything. Mm. But all that to say, I think I can safely say that what your child is going to remember was what what the tone of their home was, what was focused on in their home, what, um, even if you didn't get it right, even if you weren't a Bible scholar, even if you were just 
it, it doesn't have to look, I think people think that I can't do that because it doesn't look like it does on oh, Sunday absolutely. morning. Absolutely. It doesn't have to look like anything. No, it doesn't. And, and I've even, we've had Sundays yeah. where we've, um, where we've done church, where we've gone to now, I'm hear me too. Community is important. Our churches are important. It's, I'm not saying we're not, and we're not saying this, like you don't need to go to church anymore. Just start getting alone with God. Like that's not what we're saying. But there have been Sunday mornings where the girls and I um, and Tim have like gone to the woods and, you know, had our own little service. But I, I hope that my kids are getting from this, that it doesn't always have to feel like those sometimes, obviously the spirits there on Sunday mornings, but sometimes it's emotions and that's, and the emotions aren't wrong. But I think we've just gotten addicted to this, this feeling on a Sunday morning. Yeah, the and expectation so, of Yes. It. And so yep. we think that God is somehow less there in our living room or in the woods or whatever, because we're not feeling those emotions that we're feeling on Sunday morning. And, and that is another lie from the pit of hell. Like when somebody has to go to the pastor and say, or whatever, you know, I'm just not feeling what I feel on Sunday morning. That's okay. You don't have to. That doesn't mm. mean you're not connecting with God. Right. Like, know that, that mm-hmm. that does not, that your feelings are not indicative of your connection with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Very, mm-hmm. very Your true. feelings have no intellect. They come and go. They're like waves. They could be because you had pizza the night before and it's just not sitting right. So you cannot count on what you were feeling to tell you whether or not you on, are in you, God's presence. Yeah, you can't count it only. Only. True. Balance it. Yes. Wisdom. Yes. So if you're not, you know, if you're looking to your leadership to give you or to teach your kids or whatever, all I'm saying is you don't have to look to them. And that's great that we have these great programs and I they do an amazing job at our church, but it starts at home. Yeah, you don't have to rely on them. Yes. That's not the only option. No, you can just simply open up your Bible. Right. And read to your kids. You don't have to do an Awana at home. You don't. And I think we should know that from experience. Yeah. Right? I mean, we all are adults and we've, we're Christians and we know what we glean from and not. And I think what you said about the environment, the home, what it's like at home, that's where I learned most of well, not about Jesus, but that's where I learned a lot just from watching my parents mm-hmm. and um, just the way they interacted and the way they handled life. And, and oh, does that make sense? No, yeah. absolutely. That, and, and just, but that's the intention. How right. did the disciples get where they were in three years with Jesus? Because every day they were with him, walking wherever he went, watching him, watching him, watching him, watching him. Yeah. Confronted constantly with the teachings and then confronted with the fact that they didn't get his teaching. Mm. But it was three years of constant interaction. Mm-hmm. It changed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where the real things happen. Right. The 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 church system is there to facilitate a com- a wider community reality exactly. and connection. Okay, I'm not by myself right. all the time. Right. I can come into a place and I can wave and I can say, okay, yeah, we're all. What do you see? What do you hear? Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. I've been reading this. Oh, you're reading the same thing. Yeah, okay. Praise God. We're all on the same page. Yes. We're going somewhere. Yes. But that that can't happen if I go home and, uh, well, they didn't give me anything, so I got nothing. Yes. Don't be a fat baby, you guys. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, there's not a parent alive that wants their kid living in their house when they're 40. 
Possibly. <laughs> Ultimately, I Ultimately, think that's yeah. that's the. I, I mean, saying. it doesn't yes. happen all the time. Obviously, there are situations. But I think ultimately the goal is a Growth. parent to bring a, a child to the place where they can go out and live a life. Yeah. Yes. And and find a spouse and, and build the same kind of reality for themselves. That's the goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why, why do we settle for less inside the church right. with each other as believers? There is, a, there is a form of maturity inside the church, and we should all be striving for that maturity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why do we excuse each other for that lack of maturity mm-hmm. i don't understand that part right. we should there should be a and, and and obviously my my passion comes in this because i've been inside the jewish community or the messianic jewish community for a long time and there is something inside the jewish community about personal responsibility mm. and uh tradition mm-hmm. and consistently doing things Mm-hmm. Over and over, every year, mm-hmm. all the time, Sabbath, every week. And you know what? They don't go to a building for Sabbath. Sabbath is in the home, mm-hmm. and the parents have to do the Sabbath service, and they do the candles, and they, they eat the bread, and they do the. there's this whole thing that surrounds Sabbath. And it's not on a rabbi to come and do it for them. They have to do it. They're training their children so they know where they're supposed to go when they get older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a super simple system. Mm-hmm. I've heard people talk about going to Jerusalem on and they're there for Sabbath and they watch the whole city shut down, and then and they're walking down the street and there's nobody out on the street. None of the Jews are out on the street anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, no one can travel. All the buses shut down, the taxis shut down, the restaurants close, everything during the whole day at at four o'clock. Really, it all just shuts down for the whole night for the whole till Saturday night. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Every that's week awesome. in Jerusalem. That is cool. Nothing. I love that. And you know, you can walk down the street, and you know what you hear? This in this house, they're singing. Mm. Go back to another house, they're singing. Oh, they're singing. They're reading. And I'm getting the chills. I know. It. The whole system is built so that the family's the center. Mm-hmm. They train their children. The children come out into the community, and they already know how to operate. Mm-hmm. That's what we're missing is the yes. understanding that we bring into the community what we are instead of coming to the community to, to get something. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. that is it. Yep. That is it. Because mm-hmm. if, then if you're focused on that, then those that don't know how to operate in the community, everyone can help them. Yes. Instead of the everything falling on the very weary shoulders of the leadership. Yeah. The other people. Yeah. Just like us. <laughs> right. With yes. different titles. Right. Just different titles. Yeah. No superhuman ability whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They're not super. My heroes. my dad was a pastor, you know, till like ninety late nineties and he said, Oh he told me the other day, it's like I ran into so and so and they're like, Hey Pastor Steve and he's <laughs> like, Oh, not a pastor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but they have it's like the president, right? You have you're always the you're always, always the president, president you know yeah. and it's like i'm not that please stop <laughs> can't yeah. get rid of it because they hold him up to another standard yeah yeah, yeah. or or yeah or immediately want something from them <laughs> yeah, yeah because yeah. they have that title mm. please help me figure out my life mm. 
Oh, let's stop doing that, you guys. <laughs> and, you know, I always look at, I, I say this one all the time, but I'm going to say it again just because I, I love bugging all of you people. Uh, Elijah and Elisha are the perfect example of this to me. Elijah's Elijah's handling of Elisha is bar none the best example of how a man of God should handle another man of God. Mm-hmm. I do not believe anymore that Elisha was some young kid who didn't have a clue which way was up. Mm-hmm. I think Elijah, Elisha was being moved on by the living God. God already knew his name. God called him, and he, he made sure in the physical reality of the earth that Elijah transferred the, the judgeship over to Elijah, Elisha in a physical way. Elijah comes to Elisha, and he does what he's supposed to do. He's obeying. Okay, I'll, I'll put the mantle on him, and he does. And then Elisha does this crazy, immature thing. So, well, can I, do I have your permission to go back and talk to my mom and dad and let, and we can hug and kiss and, <laughs> and I can sacrifice and make it all pretty and then I can say goodbye and then we'll go do our thing. Mm-hmm. And Elijah says this crazy thing. He says, who am I? You have a relationship with God, go do what you want to do. If that's what, and the assumption being, I'm only here to show you what God's getting ready to do with you. I'm not here because you need training on how to connect with him. You already are in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow me, follow me. If you don't want to follow me, don't follow me. Mm-hmm. And he, Elijah's consistent with Elijah all the way up to the very end. Remember at the end, and he said, well, I'm coming with you. Well, no, you, you don't have to come with me. Stay here. No, I'm coming with you. Always just making sure if that's how God's leading you, then do it. Mm-hmm. If he's not leading you, then don't do it. Putting mm-hmm. the onus on him to make sure he knows why he's on the earth and why he walks with God and what he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough of that happens in the church. God's walking with you. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's almost like I want to say to Christians in a very great way. Mm-hmm. You are a child of God, yes. and you can talk to him. Mm-hmm. Now, I expect that to happen. Yes. Right, right. I want to hear what God's saying to you. Yes. I want to hear what you hear in the word. Yes. I don't want to hear it from the pastor anymore. Mm-hmm. You can talk to him. You can open that Bible. Tell me what you see. Because mm-hmm. yes. it takes all of us to figure it out. It's so conv- <laughs> It's such a big book. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. There's so many people that live underneath what they could be. Yes. Way below a priesthood reality. Never open the Bible and really have expectations with excitement to even see something. And then I've been around other people who had no clue they had anything. And someone said, hey, man, I want you to, to go study this word. And, you know, they're so, the person is so broken down and doesn't believe anything about themselves or nobody. And they take that one little thing and they go home and they open it, they study out this word and they come back and you sit there and you hear them talk about this and you're just like, Whoa, where were you? Mm -hmm. How did you find that? Where was that again? Show me that. That's Mm. amazing. Mm -hmm. And the eyes on these people, they just kind of pop out of their head. Oh, wow. I got something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what we're supposed to have. Yes. So we've been given priests. We're priests. Yes. Get excited about it. Act like it. Act like it for crying out loud. <laughs> we want to be, we, you know what? I can tell you right now, I'll speak for my brother who is a pastor. I can guarantee you there won't be a, a day goes by where he wouldn't be excited if one person in his church called, hey, man, I was talking to God this morning 
And let me give you a couple verses that he showed me, and this is what it means. <laughs> he would flip out. Yeah. It would maybe make... maybe email him, maybe don't call him, maybe leave him a message or maybe text him. <laughs> I'm already thinking about all the people that might be Scott's All I'm be trying to up. say is <laughs> to see people in his community yes. get excited about pouring out what they're being given by the Holy Spirit yes. would be a ch- is a is a a change every pastor wants yes, to see. Yes, that's the heart of our leadership. And to know we're all growing together. Yeah. We're yes. a body, you yeah. know? We're a family. Yep. Yeah. It's not on them only. Yeah. So. This has been Recreated Podcast, and we really appreciate you being on uh, on the show with us and paying attention and listen. If you want more information, we have a website, www.recreated.life, L-I-F-E at the end, and you can go there, and we have other podcasts available. We would certainly love to hear from you. There's an email contact form thing. <laughs> You can fill out of your... Or email us at friends at recreated.life. Or that, yeah. right there. Yeah. So, uh, Recreated is all about uh, your story, our story, everybody's story that uh, meets Jesus and walks and suffers and learns what it's like to uh, receive his mercy for their life. Uh, so, if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Please contact us. And until next time, next week, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have a good week. Yep. And don't forget Jesus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>